0: Well, it's really good to be here this weekend. Um, I'm not sure if anybody that's here maybe had plans to camp this weekend and took a look at the weather and said, nope, <laughs> we're staying here. Um, I was very thankful last night as I was finishing up this message and hearing the thunder and lightning go that I was inside of my nice warm house and not out there because that would have been bad. Um, we've had a very, very full week this week at the Journey Church. Um, We had 96 different children registered for Journey Kids Camp and 30 or so leaders. And we were here for four days this week, Monday to Thursday. And we came for Journey Kids Camp 2013, which we called Upside Down Kingdom. And this is uh, a curriculum, as Carolyn has been saying a lot this last month, that um, I wrote in conjunction with um, three other uh, children's pastors in the Maritime Provinces. And it was just a lot of fun. Now, some people have been asking me over the last few weeks, well, what is upside-down kingdom? Why, like, why did you pick that as a theme? How does it work in terms of the Bible? Um, and that's what we really wanted to share with you tonight. We wanted to give um, the moms and dads and the adults at our church kind of an idea of what the upside-down kingdom was and what it was that we taught to, to the children that came here this week. Um, see, Jesus in the Bible is often described as a king. Um, He's, you know, called the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and often in church we sing about God's kingdom. Would your kingdom come here? So it's really a word that's been used a lot. So we thought, let's just go with it. Let's take this kingdom analogy, apply it to um, the greater gospel narrative and what really the whole Bible is about, and let's just use the kingdom analogy and roll with it. So I want to talk through briefly um, the four different days and how we got this upside down. You'll notice our... um, our tower actually is upside down. Um, We did that on the second day and all the kids were confused, but they figured out why in the end. So I'm just gonna very briefly go through um, the four days of Journey Kids Camp and what we learned on each day. So on Monday at Journey Kids Camp, we talked to the children about right side up beginnings. And so if you look in the Bible, in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, you read about when God created the world. He made, you know, we talked about on the first day, he created, you know, the lightness and the darkness, and I probably shouldn't name off all the days because I might mess them up. The kids know it, though. Um, The plants, the fishes, the animals, um, day and night, the stars, the sun and moon. We talked about all of that stuff. And when God made the world, he made it good. And he created humans on the sixth day, and he said, this is very good. So... God's people, us, were made in his image. And so when creation happened, everything was the way it was supposed to be. And so we told the kids everything was right side up. When God created the world in Genesis one and two, it was the way God intended it to be and everything was right side up. Um, Now, for those of you who know anything about the Bible, it doesn't stay right side up for very long. So on the second day when the kids came in, everything was upside down, all the decorations, we had our name tags on upside down, like everyone was so confused. Um, And so on day two, we talked about the upside-down kingdom. So in Genesis 3, if you read it, um, that's when sin enters the world. Um, And we talked to the kids about what sin is, because that's a big word that if you're three or four or five, you don't quite know what sin is. And so we told them that sin is all the wrong stuff we do, all the things that separate us from God and that make God sad. Um, Because this earth is full of sin, we told the kids that it's been flipped upside down. So it's the opposite of what God intended and the opposite of what God intended it or what it was supposed to be. So everything got flipped when sin entered, the world is now upside down. So then on day three, we talked about how God makes a way for us to be right side up. You still following the whole flipping analogy? Yep. Um, So we told the children all about Jesus on day three. And we said that if we accept that we have sinned and if we believe in God's son, Jesus, He forgives us of all of the wrong we've done, of all the sin we've done, and we are flipped back around to be right side up the way we were created to be. So through Jesus you have an opportunity to not be living upside down anymore, to actually be flipped into the way we were created to be, living for God and following Him. And then on Thursday, on day four, we talked about right side up living, and we looked at Acts chapter 2 in the early church and how the first believers um, learned to live as the first Christians. And we've told the children that as followers of Jesus, we are called to live right side up. Even though, if you look around in the world, the world is still very much upside down. And until we get to heaven, it's going to continue to be upside down. But even still, as followers of Jesus, we're called to try our best to live right side up in a world that is clearly still upside down because of the sin that's in it. And that's why, the, uh, that's why God sent the Holy Spirit to be our guide and to help us to follow Jesus. We talked about the church and how the church family helps us to live right side up in this upside down world. So that's what we did at Journey Kids Camp this week. That's how we got the upside down kingdom thing. That's how we talked about it all flipping around. That was kind of the gist of it. Now I'd like to take just a few minutes uh, tonight to focus a little bit more on the middle of this story on days two and three. So on day two, we talked about the upside-down kingdom. And what's interesting is that if you ask children, you know, are there things wrong in the world, they're actually pretty quick to say yes. Um, but sometimes I wonder with adults, they think, you know what, I'm, I'm okay like I am. I'm not really sure if I need this Jesus guy. You know, my life is okay. Things are pretty good. Like, I don't really need religion. I don't really need this Jesus person you talk about. My life, I got it under control. Things are fine like they are. Um, I'm not sure where people get that, because I don't know about you, but I look around this world and see some of the things going on, and I can tell pretty quickly that things aren't great where they are right now. Um, I mean, I think this world can be a great place to live at times. There are some good moments, like, in this world. But you don't have to look very far to see that this world is really broken, and there's something really wrong. I mean, if I ask you how many tragedies can you list off yourself that have happened this week alone... You think about, you know, the people in Calgary and all the flooding that's going on. Um, I had a dear friend from high school whose wife just died in a car accident a couple of days ago. I mean, that, that's not right. That's not the way things are supposed to be. What about even in your own family? Has anyone here had a fight in their family this week? Anybody going to admit that? Maybe not. Um, has anyone felt lazy this week, not really wanting to do what you knew was supposed to happen? Yeah, I see hands going up for that one. Um, ha, any other children? Have you had a nightmare this week or even adults? I have nightmares sometimes, right? They, I don't think that's normal or the most pleasant thing ever. Um, anybody felt any hint of jealousy or envy this week over somebody else? You see, all of this stuff, it just, it can't be the way God created it to be. I, I can't believe that it's true that we're supposed to be this way. I do see glimpses of God's work and goodness in this world. But it's definitely a world that, for the most part, is ridden with sin. And that would explain all of the junk that's going on. In Genesis 3, we read about Adam and Eve disobeying God by eating the fruit they weren't supposed to. But really, I mean, yes, that was the first disobeying of God, but it really just goes downhill after that. If you continue through Genesis at all, you have um, siblings killing each other. You have a, a mother and son, like, blackmailing the father to try to get the blessing. You... There's just so much, it just keeps getting worse and worse right after that initial sin. It doesn't stay right side up for very long. Sin explains all the wrong that was going on then, as early as Genesis, and I believe that sin explains all the wrong that's going on in the world now. Now, when I was a kid, I used to play a video game all the time called Super Mario Brothers on the regular Nintendo system. Anybody actually know what the regular Nintendo system looks like? Okay, yay! People know. It's, like, long gone. But I used to have the regular Nintendo. I used to play Super Mario Brothers on there all the time. Now, that game is really black and white. There are good guys and there are bad guys, right? If you were a Mario, Luigi, or Princess Peach, you were on the good team, and you were going to go fight Bowser and try to save the princess. And then Bowser, the green turtles, and those little brown guys that wobble around. I don't know their names. They were the bad guys. They were the ones that would try to get you and you had to jump on their heads and, and make them go away. Um, so that game is very black and white. There were the good guys who were trying to defeat the bad guys, and then that was, then you won the game and you got excited. Um, there are m- lots of movies around like that as well, like Superman, Harry Potter, a lo- lot of others that have clear-cut good guys and bad guys. There is black and white, there is good and evil. But I'm more convinced, as I grow up and mature, that there aren't lines like that of good and evil that are so clear in the real world. The good guys don't always win. And really, I have to ask the question, are there really any truly good guys anywhere? It says in Romans 3, verse 23, that all have sinned, and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. So according to that verse, it's not like Super Mario, where there's good guys and bad guys. All of us at one time have been the bad guys. So basically, to use the camp analogy, we're all stuck upside down. We're all stuck doing wrong living in an upside-down world that is saturated in sin. It's a pretty dire place to be, actually. At camp this week, um, in the openings, we did different games with them, and one day we had a handstand contest. So we had some kids come up and see who could do a handstand first. And actually, Winter Allen won because he uh, put his body against the subwoofer, (laughs) which I thought was cheating, but Hannah said it was using your surroundings, so whatever. Um, Anyway, so Winter got up on his head first. And handstands are really hard, some of the younger kids especially had a really tough time doing it. And actually in our Bible lesson that day we talked a little bit more about doing handstands and that they can actually be very um, bad on your body. If, If your body was to remain upside down for an extended period of time, it would actually create severe health issues and eventually it would lead to death. Because the human body isn't made to be upside down with gravity and all that working on it, we're meant to be this way, we're not meant to be flipped. And, you know, our souls aren't meant to be upside down either. There is something seriously wrong with the world we live in. We are upside down. We got flipped as soon as sin entered. And without some help from somewhere, we're going to die this way, being stuck upside down. You see, God can't put up with the no good guys and bad guys. He can't put up with the gray. God is perfect, and he has a standard. And that standard means that there is a moral center and that there is right and wrong. And I think I can ask most people in the world today, and they would agree that there is such thing as right and wrong. And we know it because of God. God gave us the Ten Commandments way back in Exodus in Moses' day. And the Israelites couldn't fulfill those Ten Commandments then, and we can't fulfill them now either. We are so sinful, we can't even follow rules when they're laid out clearly and plainly in front of us. And I get frustrated with myself sometimes at simple things like go to bed by... 11 o'clock, it never happens. I just can't do it. If you feel, I feel like no matter what set of rules is put in front of me, I'm bound to break them sometime. So we talked about a lot of this on day two, wh- how we are in a mess. There's sin in this world. We are stuck upside down. And if we stay this way, we're going to die this way. And this is why the day three story at Journey Kids Camp was so important. N- before you can make room for Jesus, of course, you have to fully understand just how upside down you are without him which is why we spent so much time talking about sin on the second day. Because you see, you and I, all of us here, we're a mess, and we all need help. And God thought so too, which is why Jesus became our rescue plan. So in John 3.16, which many of you know it says this, God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, so that whoever believes in him will never die, but will have eternal life. It was unacceptable to God that nobody could get into his right-side-up kingdom on their own, and so he made a way for us. And all of this, um, you know, story of redemption and being flipped right-side-up is actually summarized really well in Romans chapter 3, verses 21 to 25, and this is what it says. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right or flipped right side up with God, when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This world is upside down. And if I haven't convinced you of it yet, turn on the radio when you leave. But through Jesus, we have the opportunity to be made right side up again. I look forward to the day when Jesus returns and his kingdom is restored perfectly on earth again. But until then, we are called to live right side up in this upside down world. And how do we do this, you may ask? Well, we went through this with the children in the Bible on the third day, and I just want to review it with you. I'm I'm not going to assume that everybody in here has decided to follow Jesus. Um, Many of the children who came to Journey Kids Camp had not made that decision before. So we asked them the question, do you want to ask Jesus to be your savior? And do you want to learn how to live right side up in an upside down world? And these are really the three things that you have to know. First of all, you have to accept that you've sinned, that you've done wrong, like we talked about on the second day. The second thing is you have to believe in Jesus and what he's done for you on the cross to forgive you. And you have to commit to following Jesus with the help of the Holy Spirit. And really, it's that easy to be made right side up again. And if you notice, that's ABC, accept, believe, and commit. Very easy for children to remember. And so that's really what the... The thrust of Journey Kids Camp was this week. We didn't just want to have a good time and do some crafts and make some fun videos and have kids laughing and smiling. We wanted to share the gospel message in as clear of a way as possible. And we wanted to explain to them that with the help of God, with the help of Jesus, they can be made right side up and they can choose to live for him. So at this time, we're going to um, just close uh, this time in a word of prayer. And there may be somebody here this evening who maybe has never made that decision to follow Jesus. And if you haven't, I would invite you to um, just close your eyes and repeat after me. And we're just going to pray a simple prayer um, to invite you into his right-side-up kingdom. So let's just take a moment to pray. Dear God, thank you so much for creating us in your image, and thank you for loving us. God, we're sorry for all of the wrong that we've committed, for the sin that we have committed, God, that makes us far from you. Thank you for your son, Jesus, God, that he came to this earth, that he lived, that he showed your power on earth, and then he died on the cross, God, to forgive us of our sins. We believe in that, God, that your son took away our punishments so that we could live forever with you. And God, right now, we want to commit to trying our best, God, to live right side up for you in this world that is so messed up and so upside down. I just pray that you will help us to live um, as light shining for you, God, in this dark world. And for people that don't know about about your salvation, about the bright light at the end of the tunnel, God, I just pray that you will help us to share that with them. And God, I just thank you so much for your love. Thank you for all of the children that came this week to Journey Kids Camp. I just pray that you will be with them, especially those that made first time decisions to follow you. And God, I just pray that you will continue to help them on their journey um, to get to know you better.